Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Kicking Cancer Podcast. My name is Brooke Brown. I'm Marcus. And we are so excited that you've joined us. You know, we want to walk with you through the season in our life where we walked through cancer. And, you know, that season really shaped us. It shaped our walk with the Lord. It shaped our family. And we want to just encourage you and equip you as you walk through different seasons in your life. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. Thanks. We're going to have fun together. We Let's are. Go. It's going to be a good one today. Yes, it is. We're going to turn pain into ministry. That's what we have. <laughs> this was a, a word that God gave us. Right in the middle of it. Absolutely. I think people know that when I'm going through pain, I don't need to wallow in it. Like, we know it. Yeah. We just don't know what to do when we're in it, you know. So, some people just make a bucket list, and they're like, all right, I'm I'm going through major medical. Let me go do everything that I've ever wanted to do. YOLO. Yeah. (laughs) I went skydiving. Didn't know you were going to sing that. (laughs) Rocky Mountain climbing. That's yeah. That was one of our theme songs, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Why don't you yeah. tell them how we came to this? Because this is just something that God spoke to us in the middle of it. So, do you remember? Oh why, yeah, how, I remember. why we turned it into ministry? I remember, you know, being told I had cancer and just blown away by that, and then being told the regimen that we were going to have to walk through, all the chemo treatments, and then the surgery, and all the shots, and all the things. It's the first time I've ever seen you rebellious. Yeah. I sat in the room with the doctor, and he's telling me what the protocol is. And mm. I I got a little defiant, and I started shaking my head. And I know that my face oh. <laughs> looked awful, you which said, I'm really embarrassed uh, uh, I will now. Not be, I will not be doing that. I'm not like, going to do it. I'm not doing that. And he looked at me, and he got really gut level with me because he said, do you have children? I said, yeah, I have three. Do you want to grow up to see your children? Yeah. Get married? Yeah. Graduate? He started laying it all out there and it, it was it was a uh, sparks flying. It was t- I was embarrassed that that was where he met me because that's not normally how I operate but that is exactly how I handled that conversation. I, w- I was and so being told all the things that w- I was going to have to do that I didn't really have a choice in. Yeah. You know, we just we we found really quickly that we had to turn it into ministry. Okay, so this is what happened. Your first chemo treatment, we've got like, we've rallied hundreds of people, maybe thousands, really thousands of people. all over the world. All over the world, countries all over the world. I was never so grateful for social media. Oh, it was crazy. They're all praying. Brooke wakes up that morning, she goes, I'm not going. I'm not going. (laughs) (laughs) Then I felt like... It reverted back to our kids on their first day of school. Yeah, I'm not going, Dad. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, you are going. You felt like you had to get parental with me, right? It was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I could spank you. I didn't know what to do to make you go. Yeah, I remember. I dug my heels down, and I looked at you, and and I said, no, I'm not going. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. I went into the bathroom, and I'm like, I, do I call her parents and they'll make her go? 
And then the the Lord, I mean, the Lord spoke to me so clear because I just, I was thinking in my mind, I'm telling you, if you'll be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, he'll give you a word every day of your life. Yes. Uh, So I was thinking that thought in my mind, I don't know what to do. Yeah. But God always knows what to do. That's right. And as soon as I finished that thought, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. The Lord spoke and said, turn it into ministry right now. And that's what we did. Yeah. Yeah. He told me, we're going to go there today. And it's not all about what you're going to do. There's someone there today that needs to see the love of God, experience the presence of God. And when we go, we're going to look for those people, and we're going to love on them, and we're going to pray for them, and we're going to help walk them through this season. And we diverted attention off of ourselves and put it on people in the midst of it. So for those of you that don't know, uh, when you go get chemo, you're in a room with a bunch of recliners all over the room and people are getting chemo everywhere yeah. throughout the room and uh I mean just the smell of those chemicals and everything I can like remember it but we ended up taking lunch to everyone we brought food for everybody in there yeah you know and then Brooke you went around and, and prayed, prayed over every single yeah. like can I pray for you the only way that I could do what I had to do <coughs> was saying, this is not all about me. I am here for a purpose. God has me here for a reason. And there were so many people there that hadn't eaten for the day or they didn't have a friend or a family member sitting next to them. They're all alone. And it just gave me purpose to be there, to go and minister and love. And they were all so open and welcome and appreciative. And the tears would flow, and it felt like a, a family, that we were there for one another. We got to love on those people well. That was It was really just so cool watching, just hand the food they appreciate, going to every chick, can I pray for you? Then you sat down and said, hey, do you mind if I sing some worship songs? And you started <laughs> singing some old hymns. And, I mean, people are just crying in their chairs all over the place. Singing has always been powerful for me, just a special thing. And that was, I'm telling you, it ushers in God's presence. And I look back on it now and think, whew, we were doing little concerts in there. It's kind of I know. <laughs> it was, Isn't that something? It was a powerful time. It really did usher in his All of that was just like quickened in our spirit yeah. by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. To turn this into ministry. And then as soon as, you know, you did the food, prayed for people, sang a couple songs, and then Brooke said, okay, I can do it. Like you had, you got enough strength. You don't get strength for ministry. You get strength from ministry. Yeah. And so it, you're like, I'm str- I can do it. I'm strong enough. So, so good. Yeah. I think some things that you need to know about yourself when, when you're going through what you're going through in your life, you feel like you've, you've, you've been dealt a blow. Uh, injury brings anointing. Every person that you see in the Bible, including the stripes on Jesus' back, every person that was injured in the Bible got anointed around the injury. If you think back from people like Joseph, if you tried to injure him, it just brought more anointing all over his life. You're throwing spears at David, you try to injure him, just brought more anointing over his life. You just see it, and you see it in the, in the ministry of Paul the Apostle. <clears throat> injury brings anointing. There was a scripture in 2 Corinthians uh, 1, 4, and it said, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. It's ministry right in the middle of it. Yep. Yeah. You know, the other thing I thought, the day that you're like, I'm going to use this as ministry, 
and 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 then even after like saying I'm going to use this story, this is another principle that I learned. You have authority where you've been hurt. Wow. Like you have a thought wherever you have bled, wherever you have been bruised, maybe it's a soul bruise, you have authority to speak into other people's lives because somebody else is sitting out there going, she gets me. Yeah. Or he we, gets me. We didn't experience this early on in our ministry. Being yeah. Starting out so very young, we had not lived a lot of life, but the more life that you live, it allows you to love and be there for people on a in a capacity that you couldn't before. We've done this through grief. Yep. We've done this through cancer and various different things in our lives now. Yeah. That's what I had a young minister. He was saying, what else do I need to do? I've got an education and I'm, and I've got reps. I'm working. What else does my ministry need? And I said, you need pain. He's like, what? I said, don't worry. It's coming. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you need pain. Everybody's going to go through it. Injury brings anointing. It's like, I couldn't ever help anybody with anxiety. I thought they were stupid people yeah. until I started dealing with anxiety. And then I was like, man, wow, this is. And then all of a sudden you can identify with other people's weaknesses. It gives you authority, especially when you when you decide I'm going to keep on being used. Yes. Here's another thing that I thought thinking about this is turning this into a ministry moment lowers anxiety in your life. Definitely. I'll tell you why. When you're focused on yourself, anxiety goes up. Yeah. Because you're constantly, your mind's going, how do I feel? How do I feel about this? What do I think? What do I think about this? You're magnifying the problem and just all your (coughs) feelings and emotions. We don't, yeah. This happened to me going through COVID. And it was something I had to get my mind around because we got so crazy sick during COVID. And uh, I got that first strain of it, you know, double pneumonia. But they, you know, people were, they didn't know how to treat any of it back then. Yeah. At the, that first round, but they were they would doctors would say, "How are you feeling? What are your symptoms?" And I've never focused on how I felt until then, and it was driving anxiety because we're not created to just think about ourselves all the time. Yeah. Um, e. Stanley Jones said this: "When I pray, God help me, that prayer uh, strengthens anxiety in my life." When I pray, God, use me, <laughs> then I get my eyes off myself. <laughs> and just getting my eyes off of self, I'm being helped. <laughs> wow, that's so, so get my eyes, God, use me in this time. I love it. You see that in Paul? Yeah. It's like you're going to use this moment in my life. You, you see it in Elijah where, like, he is broken. He's emotionally broken. He's, he's having panic attacks and suicidal thoughts. And God says, go anoint some other kings. God didn't say, let me touch you and you won't feel that way anymore. He's like, no, you go anoint some kings and do the things I've called you to do, and you're going to get past some of this stuff as you go and serve other people. Why don't you read that Psalm 42 over us, and we'll get into some principles. Psalms 42, 11 says, But, O my soul, don't be discouraged. Don't be upset. Expect God to act. Mm. For I know that I shall again have plenty of reason to praise him. For all that he will do. He is my help. He is my God. I loved that. Mm. Yes. Um, let's give a few a few points here. here. Here's the first thing, just to settle. Everyone, I call it a thorn when you're going through major medical. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Everyone gets a thorn. Yeah. Everybody gets a thorn. So I think God took us from this place when you were diagnosed. We were going, why me? 
<laughs> yeah, definitely. Why me? Yeah. And we, w- you're going to get to a place where you go from why me to, you know, why not? We live in a broken world. That's right. And I got to get my eyes off of the injustice of what has happened to me. Some things you can't explain. <coughs> There's no reason why. And it looks like, it, listen, this is how Satan can lie to you and whisper to you. You can go, this is unfair. Everybody is a thorn. Some people you know have a financial thorn. And probably that thorn doesn't feel fair to them. Like they, they take one step forward, two steps back. Are they in so much debt that they feel like I'll never get out of it? Are they've been sued unjustly and somebody else won? You know, uh, it, it, they can happen financially. Our career, you know. This guy came up to me at the end of the service one time, and he said, "Do you know what it feels like to be fired unjustly?" And I said, "No. Every time I've been fired, it was spot on." <laughs> uh, but. Uh, <laughs> there's emotional thorns you know whether you're dealing with stress or whatever there's those kinds of thorns spiritual thorns it's probably maybe that's what uh you know uh, paul was dealing with it might have been demons it might have just been people persecuting him all the time you go through medical major Mm -hmm. that's a thorn yeah it's a physical thorn a thorn is something that won't just go away you wake up the next day and it's there. Mm-hmm. You wake up three days from now, it's still there. Yeah. You know, a thorn is something that is sticking around in your life. Everybody gets, everybody gets one. Yeah. Yep. So, um, the second thing we'd say this so that you can just settle it. Okay. Everybody's gonna get one of these. My greatest ministry is on the other side of my greatest fear. Mm. Yep. So good. We found a story in Exodus 14. Mm-hmm. We hung our hat on during this time. I want to read it. It's uh, verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians <coughs> whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only need to be silent. And the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward, lift up your staff, and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten the glory over Pharaoh. Mm. I love that. I know. Yeah. You got to go through it. You got to go through it. You got to walk your, through your it. Your greatest ministry is on the other side of a greatest fear that's standing in front of you. Yeah. So I think you determine it. Like, I'm going to minister when I don't feel all these fears or I don't have this. You're just like, I'm going to do it right, right now in the, in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to change anything about myself. Uh, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary. Yeah. That's a big deal. When we got there, uh, we started noticing all these iguanas had their tail bit off. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. When we were in, and so <laughs> they told us the reason is there's this one alpha iguana that doesn't have its tail bit off. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's bitten off everybody's else's tail. So I'm like, I want to meet that dude. <laughs> Little did I know I was going to meet him. <laughs> so Pretty sure he was watching you all week long. No, he noticed the other alpha around. So the, the, the last morning we had, we're having breakfast, and we're like outside under this, what would you call it, like gondola type thing. Yeah, the outdoor It, it, it was like an outdoor spot. breakfast spot. And here comes the iguana. He goes up a pole. And I am sitting 
eating. I get my coffee. I'm sitting there with Brooke. She's asking me how my Bible study went that morning. That's a ton of things guys were showing me. And then all of a sudden, it felt like <laughs> warm water got dumped all <laughs> over me. Oh, it was warm. It was warm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this alpha iguana climbed and was above me and Brooke, and he urinated all over me. And you're probably thinking it was it was just small, but he had been holding it for a month or so. <laughs> it was crazy. Like yeah, it, we looked up and something started to move. People like, around us like, what just happened? I mean, yeah. it like hit the floor, blah blah blah, yeah. all over my back, all down the side of my arms. <laughs> I look up, Brooke looks at me, and she goes, "That iguana just peed on you." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm covered in iguana urine." I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure, but <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, but we, I ended up finishing oh. my. <laughs> yeah, you just kind of wiped <laughs> off your arm and grabbed your coffee. And it, I was so glad it wasn't me. <laughs> I told you, I'm so glad that was you and not me. It's, a, it's, it's this dumb illustration. But a lot of times you can say, if I can just get out of this, then God will use me. Yeah. If I can get out of how I feel or out of all of these treatments. All of this stuff that is just, I just don't feel good. I'm tired. Yeah. When I get past it, God, you get me through this. And then that's when and then thinking. Yeah. You know, I just finished my coffee and we finished breakfast <laughs> all in the mess. In the mess, you go, I'm going to be used in the mess. In my weakness, he's shown strong. Yes. So in the middle of when I'm weak or tired or weary or in pain, if I allow him to use me, then he can be shown, his glory can be shown through me. And he strengthens you and gives you strength to do what he's called you to do. That's right. In the middle of it. Third principle, just serve in the pain. Figure out how to serve. Yeah. It is really emotional for me when people are going through the worst season of their life. I want to give them time off. We even talk about it. Did you hear that so-and-so is going through this, so-and-so is going through that? Maybe we should get, at my mind, I'm thinking maybe I should give them a break. No, there's a grace when you serve in the pain. Yeah. This is how Paul, he says this, and this is when he's talking about thorns. I want to read this to you. Um, he says, therefore, in order, this is Second uh, Corinthians 12, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest. Now, that is really good. So that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul just gets finished talking about getting caught up into the third heaven. And I would think that his greatest ministry would be to go blab to the world about going to heaven. That's what I do. That's what you do. You go to heaven, you come back to earth, just write a book. You know, <laughs> crowds of people come see you. He barely talks about that. Mm. He goes, there's something more powerful than a heavenly story. And it is serving God in the pain. Yeah. Because in the pain... The power of God will rest upon you. Get your eyes off yourself. Last thing I'll tell you. In hotels, when they started building, uh, building elevators in hotels, they realized that, that the elevator would go down and then somebody else would need to go down and then they would get frustrated. 
and they'd be like, man, I'm sitting here for like four or five minutes getting frustrated for this elevator to come back up and take me back down. And they, you know, they're getting complaints. And they were trying to figure out, what do we do? Do we, do we try to install more elevators inside hotels? You're going to, when you know this, you'll never unsee this for the rest of your life. They still do this in hotels all across America. Their solution was not to build more elevators. Their solution was to put a mirror right there by the <laughs> elevator because you can be frustrated waiting on an elevator, but once people just love to look at themselves, <laughs> they just look at the mirror and just get time just passes by because they're like, look at me. <laughs> Everybody loves to look at themselves, and that's why you go to a hotel, you get on the fifth floor, there's going to be a <laughs> – but I'm, I'm going to tell you this. When you are waiting for your answer to arrive on an elevator from heaven – and come to you, you can get frustrated if you are just got your eyes on yourself. This is how God does it in the kingdom. Get your eyes on other people while the answer is on its way. Yeah, it's so good. Yep. So good. You want to pray for us? I'd love to. Yeah. Father God, I'm so grateful that in every season <coughs> you are so faithful and you are so present. Father, I thank you that in seasons of pain or in challenge that we can get our eyes off of ourselves and onto others, that we can be your hands, your feet, that we can show your love. I thank you that every season you have purpose for it and our lives can show forth your glory. So, Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are constant and you are good. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are so thankful you tuned in for today's episode. That's right. I felt like I nailed it. <laughs> hopefully, you really, hopefully you really learned something um, that's going to help you. And we just want to say thank you for being here with us. And we can't wait to share another chapter with you next yeah. time. Don't forget to like and subscribe to follow what's going on on this journey and share it with people that you know that need it. And also know that... This is just a supplement. This is not your relationship with Christ. Get involved in your local church. Find some people that can surround you because uh, you need to be in a local church in the season you're in right now. That's right. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.